Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. Down here in, in, in sunny Boston, Massachusetts, over here I should say, the weather doesn't know what it wants to do. I mean, one minute it's 75 degrees, the next minute we're getting crazy thunderstorms, then it's 52 degrees, and then there's, you know, tornadoes all over other parts of the Northeast. So it just, ugh. <laughs> Whoever says this global warming stuff isn't real, they they really need to get their head checked. I mean, I, I'm I'm telling you, man, just goodness gracious. Listen, this week on this episode, I have an exclusive interview with somebody who doesn't do many interviews. I'm talking about the one, the only April Hunter. You know, she's an entrepreneur, former pro wrestler. She's a cosplayer. She's a writer. She's a former Playboy model. She still has her entertainment sites up. She has a soap company and a, a candle company. I mean, just uh, you name it, she does it all, man. So she's she's gonna open up and and really share some personal information about herself and, and talk about who she really is and what goes on in her life in a way that you have never heard before. So this is really something special here, and, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Um, but before we get to any of that stuff, you know, let me just go over a couple of top stories. Congratulations to the guy formerly known as Dean Ambrose, a.k.a. Johnny Moxley. He just captured the New Japan Pro Wrestling United States Championship you know, at the Best of the Super Juniors Tournament for New Japan. He defeated Juice Robinson for that title. So... You know, there's there's two schools of thought here. On one hand, it's a wise move to take a, a known entity, Dean Ambrose, Johnny Moxley, whatever you want to call him, immediately put one of your championships on him, and, and it'll just cause a complete roar throughout the wrestling world, which it has. I mean, they've definitely generated a lot more media attention with this move than they probably had in the past couple of months. So, kudos for that. On the other hand, you have a guy like Juice Robinson who has gone through your version of a developmental system, you know, the New Japan Dojo, who you've invested a lot of time and and, and resources into developing, and the New Japan audience takes him seriously. And then you just put him out there to get, you know, beat up and, and lose to some guy who just showed up for the first day. And I know Johnny Marsley's a name. He's not just some guy, but still, I mean, come on, man. Is that what we do? Sacrifice our talents to put over the established name? I hope there's some get back because this is just, you know, unfortunate in my opinion. So 
We'll have to wait and see. And yes, you know, Moxley is signed to All Elite Wrestling, AEW. So what does that mean for them now that he's holding somebody else's championship? I mean, the, the Young Bucks are doing it. They hold the AAA Tag Team Championships. But we know as we get closer to, to October, when their Tuesday Dynamite show is going to debut, that's going to have to go away. You know, I, I can't imagine they're going to have their top talents holding the championships of other promotions because how are they even going to meet those those obligations elsewhere? So we'll have to wait and see how that develops, but interesting, interesting stuff. So once again, though, congratulations. See, I, I can be positive about something that's related to AEW via New Japan in this case. I, I can do that. Some of you out there keep giving me a hard time saying that I, I keep coming down hard on AEW. No, I treat them equally, man. Ask WWE. They, they get it the worst for me. But speaking of AEW, I, I want you to head over to the pop culture website, Black Rabbit. Now, that's B-L-A-Q-U-E-R-A-B-B-I-T. Black Rabbit. I have an article written where I asked a question, you know, about AEW's ownership and, and if they're being responsible. Are they being responsible as it relates to concussions and CTE? Are they being responsible as it relates to these unprotected headshots that we saw during Double or Nothing? And it's an interesting question because, you know, the Khan family who own AEW, they own the uh, Fulham FC, Fulham Football Club, which is a soccer team out in the UK. And they also own the NFL Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, the National Football League pro football team there. So concussions and CTE and headshots, it's nothing new, especially for Shad Khan, who was the, the... the patriarch of the Khan family there. So I asked some questions, you know, and I invite the Khan family to respond. I, I think it would be very nice to put out a, a real statement on your position on CTE. And, and, and also, what are you doing as it relates to concussion protocol and things of that nature? How, how are you protecting your talents not only in soccer and in the NFL, but also in your new wrestling promotion, All Elite Wrestling. Because the first thing that we saw from All Elite Wrestling during that Double or Nothing pay-per-view was a, a battle royal in which people were getting bashed over the head and they were unprotected. So I want to know. I think everybody wants to know. And shout out to my friend, uh, Big Vito Lagrazo. You know, he's a guy that his, his crusade to bring awareness, CTE awareness to the masses, that really inspired that piece that I wrote. Vito's dedicated because, you know, he has personal experience. He's seen some of his friends pass away and have all these, these cognitive issues, including himself. So he knows what time it is here. And I think it would be irresponsible of us as fans and observers and, and, and people who pontificate on this subject to not ask these questions. 
So check out the, the article. Please share it. Discuss it. You know, at Duke Loves Wrestling on Facebook, on Twitter. Let me know what you think. WWE. Oh, injury bug again. My goodness. We just found out that Mickey James has a torn ACL. So Nia Jax, both of her knees are jacked up, but she's doing what she can to get back. You know, Big E is out with his injury. Now Mickey James. Ooh. You know, Mickey James is one of the most beautiful people in the universe. I mean, that 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 lady is just completely striking. And it's funny because in, in WWE, you know, some of these ladies on the roster, they, they probably could be her daughter, technically. <laughs> and she she's just as She's more striking than most of them. So it's, it's you know, Mickey's the, the bomb, man. She can wrestle her butt off. She's a legend. She's a future Hall of Famer. I hope she gets well. I'm a big fan of Mickey. So get well, Mickey and, and Nia, Big E, everybody else. The, the injury bug, man, it just it doesn't stop, I'll tell you. Boy. Speaking of WWE, you know, they're, they're going to be over in um, Saudi Arabia. They're actually, they're already over there, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia for their event that it's going to be just as good, if not better, than WrestleMania. I don't know how that's possible when you have no women's matches on the card. At least none that we know of. And look, I, I, I'm not happy about that. I, 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 You know, I'm uncomfortable with the WWE doing business with a nation that does not allow women to wrestle a nation that discriminates against people because of their religion and their race. I mean, look, you know, you have a guy like Sami Zayn, who's Syrian. He's not allowed over there. That's kind of, that's crazy. And WWE is going to continue to do business with them. But I'd be remiss if I don't bring up the fact that the United States as a nation, we've been doing business with them since the thirties. So, you know, it's almost 100 years where we're knocking on the door here. If we don't hold our nation accountable through our elected officials who work for us, I mean, they're they're accountable to us. I don't know how we hold the WWE accountable. It just seems contradictory. That doesn't mean we can't express displeasure in the, in the business decisions, but, you know, Get your own house in order first before you tell them how to run their house. That's that's ultimately that's the way it is. I still don't like it. I still don't like it. And I'm gonna tell you that I don't like it, but you can't be a hypocrite at the same time here. So, you know. The event's going on Friday, two PM Eastern Standard Time on the WWE network. Maybe some adjustments to the schedule. I am going to watch it. Of course, I'm going to watch it. That's what I'm here to do. And we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm excited about the uh, Finn Balor Andrade match. I think that's going to steal the show by far. No, Andrade is, is just tremendous. I, I really have a lot of time for that guy. I just think he is the the best thing going, man. He, he is just a tremendous athlete, performer. He makes everyone in the ring look good, he knows what he's doing out there. And I, I don't see him not becoming champion within the next year. 
of one of the brands. He, he's going to have to be the world champion or the universal champion. He, he's just he's just too damn good not to be. So shout out to Andrade. It'll be interesting. His match with Finn Balor. And listen, you, you've heard what I think. What do you think? Do you agree with me? Do you think I'm a jerk? Maybe something in between. Head over to Facebook. Head over to Twitter. Type in Duke Loves Wrestling. Let me know what you think. I'm not going to waste any more time here. I, I want to jump right into it here. My exclusive interview with the one, the only, April Hunter. So first and foremost, let me be the one to say congratulations to the new graduate, the graduate, April Hunter. Thank you <laughs> very much. That, that's a hard thing to do right there. <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting in for when I signed up for uh, Full Sail University. I I didn't think it was going to be that. How many years did you did you spend working on this degree? Um, three and a half. It was supposed to be an accelerated degree in three, um, but I get burnout, um, and I had to take time off. I don't know if you if you're familiar with Full Sail, but it is a 24/7 school. So we have our assignments given to us Sunday night at um, midnight, and we turn them in throughout the week. And our last one is due 11:59. Well, 11:59 Sunday night, and then 12 in the morning Monday. So it just you get no breaks. Stuff is due around the clock. So when they say accelerated, they they truly mean accelerated. Wow, that's yeah, intense. yeah, and. Everybody gets their holidays, you know, their Fourth of Julys and their Memorial Days and all that stuff, and we don't. So it's it really gets to you after a while. <laughs> I can imagine. And it's what, what did you get your degree in? Let me let me start there first. Um, I got my BFA in creative writing for entertainment, specifically entertainment. Wow. And what's the what's the ultimate goal with that? What do, what do you want to do with that uh, degree? Um, well, the plan was to write for television, um, and now I can write for pretty much any form of entertainment, from video games to uh, films, I mean, you name it, if it's entertainment, we learned it. You wow. know, commercials, radio, all of it. Wow, I never even thought about that. Video games, which is, you know, video games is such a, a strong market out there, and, and the games, especially the more popular ones, are so detailed and intricate. Storylines mm-hmm. so important in those things. So yeah, I, I guess it would make sense they would hire an accomplished writer to to handle that stuff. Wow. They're hiring actually novel writers and television writers to do video games now, um, and those scripts are so long because you have to anticipate every possible move or feed the players where you want them to go. Um, so it's very much a, a choose-your-own-adventure all the way through, and I had to write one of those games on a smaller level. And that was one of the most difficult projects I ever did. Hmm. It's it's unbelievable how much writing goes into a game. Like, you just don't appreciate it until you have to write it. It's like, oh, my God, you know, you have to write for every possible choice and outcome. And and which means you have to actually think this stuff up. So you. Oh, Yeah. The creative ability, you can't have writer's block in a situation like that. Like, that's just not going to work. Nope. Nope. Because, wow. Wow. <laughs> listen, I, you know, and, and April, you know, you, you've been on the show before, and, and folks have heard me talk about you uh, throughout the years. 
Uh, I've always been a fan of, of April Hunter, going all the way back to when we first saw you in WCW. Um, <laughs> but as I've gotten to know you, and, and even over the past couple of years while you've been pursuing this degree, I, I truly scratch my head because you run a successful business. You know, this this whole April Hunter brand and what, what's underneath that umbrella. You, you've been running that for, you know, a long time now. Uh but you also own property, you have animals that you take care of, you have your own personal life that you have to somehow make time for, and oh, sort by of. the way, you got your social media and, and your blog and this and that. It's like, how the heck did you find time to pursue a degree when you have so many other balls that you're juggling in the air? Uh, I didn't really stop to think about it. <laughs> I I just did. I think if you stop and think about it too much, you just sort of uh, can talk yourself out of it really easily. So I just, I knew that I always wanted to write. I've always written ever since I could basically hold a pencil. And I was I was writing for my grade school newspaper. It was called the uh, Pen and Sword. They said the pen is mightier than the sword. Um, which we're finding on social media is absolutely true. Um, but... I've been, I've never been able to put food on the table with writing. It's always just been a thing I've done on the side or, you know, I've, I've loved it. Never wanted to be a wrestler, always wanted to be a writer, but I've always found that my, <laughs> my boobs have paid my bills better than my brains. So it was just always kept to the side thing. And then I found out about the, uh, the entertainment program for writing and I thought oh my gosh that would be that would be perfect because then I could get into something that actually pays and learn how to write specifically for entertainment and it's time to sort of get on the other side of the camera because I'm not getting any younger so I should do something where you know it doesn't matter what kind of shape my ass is in so rather than think about it too much I just did it and I don't know I don't know if I could do that again. Like a couple of the classmates of mine are like, oh, I'm thinking of going back to my master's, but I'm not really sure if I could do that again. I'm like, oh, hell no. Are you serious? What do you want to do? You get, go through all that just to defer your payments for a little bit and become a teacher? No. So, yeah. That's never been the box that could contain April Hunter because you've always tried to forge your own way, so to speak, right? You're not a nine-to-five person. Mm-mm. Nope, not at all. Couldn't do that. Uh, I don't want to work on someone else's schedule. I, I, it wouldn't work for me. Like, I think, I think that would be a form of suicide. <laughs> I really do. I feel like I'm so miserable. So, yeah. I just, my creative, you know, workability is just weird. Like, I'll do 16-hour days happily, and then some days I'm just useless and I get nothing done. They they balance each other out, but I don't want someone telling me I have to stop work at 5, and I don't want t- someone telling me I have to start work at 9. That's that's pretty interesting, and, and you know, everything that you do is kind of weird because yeah. <laughs> we think about the fact that you were in Playboy before you got into the wrestling business. I don't know too many people who can say that, where it's like you had already reached that milestone, which is a big one, and, you know, 
for you younger folks out there, I don't know if you even understand the, the magnitude of Playboy 20 years ago and beyond. It was, it was just being on the cover of Playboy, <laughs> being in Playboy, being was, on the Internet. It was it, was it right? It was, the, it was the equivalent of being a massive Instagram uh, influencer, I guess. Absolutely. That, that's a great analogy there. It's the equivalent of being an Instagram influencer, 100%. So you were able to do that, and then you flipped it into a wrestling career. And when you first started out, you know, you, you were coming out, and, again, you were the eye candy. Mm-hmm. But then you actually toured all around the world mm-hmm. and busted your butt and got your butt kicked and gave a lot of butt kicking <laughs> and legitimately paid your dues throughout the business. Who does it that way? <laughs> and I've always gone about things a little bit. Backwards. <laughs> here's, here's the part that kills me, though. You're a beautiful person. You did not have to do that. But instead of relying just on your looks, you, you legitimately wanted to put the work in. Uh, this is going to sound weird, but I think that comes from my disadvantaged upbringing, um, which I look at now as a huge advantage. Um, because I had a really strange parenting situation and we didn't have much money. We got what we needed, not what we wanted. Um, my dad was never around. It was, it was rare. When he was, he was drunk. My mom was autistic. She was, had Asperger's syndrome. We were frequently ignored and neglected. And my grandmother stepped in to raise us or raise me and, um, she had a lot of work ethic and I think just in I think that kind of stuff kind of when you don't have anything and then you get something and then you have an opportunity to prove yourself it kind of matters more rather than being a victim I wanted to be a winner (laughs) if that makes sense Well, you know, just knowing you and, and seeing what you've been able to accomplish, to, I mean, that's perfect because you, you definitely are a winner. Um, people don't understand, again, and, and it's just it's a generational thing, uh, growing up without the Internet and then to see it take off and, and be created and, and cultivated and available to everyone, everything that we that we take for granted, such as, you know, using PayPal or, or something, mm-hmm. to pay for something, or, you know, being able to just in a couple of clicks you can see movies and photos of pretty much anyone in the world. Yeah. You're legitimately uh, one of the most consistent and, and therefore, in my opinion, one of the most historic figures on the Internet because you are still making money off of your modeling photos on the Internet, <laughs> which is something that you began 20 years ago. Yeah, I'm fortunate. I mean, I I do my best to keep up with the times and evolve. And I think a lot of people don't. Like it's kind of like evolve or die, you know. <laughs> it's how it's how business is. I remember. Dies. How many pe- how many people have evolved? So many were. Not many. No, not many. Gary Vaynerchuk. That's all I have to say. Just oh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. <laughs> Gary V. Yeah. But um. You know, run run a modeling career or an athletic career like a business because that's what you are. Remember, that's what my dad told me. 
He's like, treat it like it's a pro football career, a business career. You can only do it for a couple of years, he told me. <laughs> hey, Dad. <laughs> you can only do it for a couple of years to so save your money. Be smart about it. Always treat it like a business. Nothing is personal. If they tell you you're great, you're not. It's not personal. If they tell you you're shit, you're not. It's not personal. Don't ever take it personally. If you do, it's your ego. Damn. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much served me well. I don't take compliments personally. I don't take critique personally. I mean, there's just some really rough stuff said about me, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> now, if my mother were to say it, or my boyfriend were to say it, or my best friend were to say it, that's a whole different story. But like, of course, of course. Yeah, strangers on the internet. I'm just like, ah, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> don't care. Quick. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would advise anybody out there not to care. Yeah, because I mean, it, it's you can go down the rabbit hole, and, and it, it never ends. You can. Every once in a while, I'll engage somebody in a, in, a, in a debate, but usually it's just because they have a serious lack of courtesy, and I'm in a I'm in a mood to like school somebody. But for the most part, I don't bother. But yeah, I remember when YouTube came out, and uh, or that 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 started, and I was just like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm like, you can be viewed, you can be like watched 24/7 world. Wives, we don't need TV. We don't need to be on TV. I was married to a wrestler at the time, and we were both on the indies. And I'm like, this is what we need to do. We need to make videos of everything we do, behind the scenes, our matches, everything. And we need to put them on YouTube because we don't need to be on a wrestling show anymore. And he's just like, okay, whatever. I'm like, no, 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 really. This is the thing right here. <laughs> Reality TV, literally. Yeah, yep. <laughs> And, and, how and I was like, <laughs> I, I bet your body would have appreciated that if you would have stopped in and just did that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I've since made my YouTube page like totally private, and now I only offer those videos for my Patreon, for the Patreon page. But um, yeah, it's, it, it was it's it's been interesting watching the internet evolve and seeing what survives and what dies and what's kind of just a quick thing and what ends up just kind of turning into like porn star haven stuff well it's it's interesting too because you you said something to me uh a couple of years ago that really stuck with me we we were you know just having a conversation about your business and, and of course i mean you're selling fantasy shots of yourself you do custom matches things of that nature and we talked about the fact that People are paying the money for the opportunity to fill in the blanks. They're not looking for totally nude and all this other hardcore pornographic stuff. They want to see a little something and then leave the rest of their imagination. And, and I, I'm telling you, I thought about that, and I can't tell you how many conversations I had with folks where we dug into that concept, and it's like, yeah, it's true. Mm. If, if, you, if you see everything, then there's nothing more to see. Mm -mm. Oh, I use the stripper coming out naked and ripping her clothes off analogy, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like not actually dancing or teasing, yeah. You did. You did. And, and that just that blew my mind because it's like, well, that makes sense. And that's how someone like April Hunter can still survive in a marketplace where there's so much free content. And every single day yep. there's new competition. There's other people who, you know, someone can look at and what have you. But yet you still have your thing going on. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm glad the Internet's tightening up on a lot of rules. That's working in my favor. 
because, you know, this one, this one isn't allowing scanty pictures and this one's not allowing anything that could be misconstrued as porn and this one's not allowing this, that, and the other. And it's, it's tightened up so much that, um, it ends up working. I mean, yeah, you can still get free porn and, and but women are able to make a living again in, in avenues not having to do stupid, crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not women. Women. Sorry, I should say people. Oh, right. no, yeah. But you can, right. you can have a Patreon page now. You can do your Snapchat thing, which I don't do that, but some people do. You can have your Instagram thing and, you know, people, people want to see behind the scenes. They want to see how it's made. They want to see creators. They want to see, you know, things other than just nudity. I get a lot of messages. I get a lot of messages from indie wrestlers. Um, and, you know, they're mostly younger kids just starting off in business, maybe a couple years' experience, male and female. Mm-hmm. And they ask me about custom shots. Do, 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 what do you think about custom shots? Is it something I should do? Should I not do? Do you know anyone who can give some advice about it? What do you say about it? Because you, you've been in that involved with customs for a while now, and you've mm-hmm. seen how it's evolved. And you know, I, I got to imagine that you have a, a tremendous amount of control over your setup, your personal setup. But what kind of advice do you have for somebody who's just starting off, or, or, or you know, trying to do it on the side because making towns ain't putting food on the table yet? Uh, you mean like um, custom videos or custom pictures, all that stuff? Pictures, videos, the whole the whole nine yards, and, and I'm talking specifically about wrestlers. I'm talking about people okay. in the industry who, who are looking and actually are, are starting to do some of this stuff on the side. Uh, okay, there's a few trains, trains, veins, trains. Of, there's a few avenues of thought on that one. Um, first, yeah, wrestling is wrestling is a desired fetish it always will be um the sooner people accept that the the quicker they'll make some money um a lot of women just deny that they're like no i'm a real serious wrestler i don't do you know wrestling's not a fetish yes it yes it is it really is it's always going to be i don't care how serious you are you could be leilani kai somebody's jerking off to you okay um <laughs> so that said first off if you're going to do it again treat it like a business know your boundaries Always know your boundaries. Somebody's always going to be pushing your boundaries. You'll be surprised. They will always offer you a certain amount. They will always ask for a certain amount. Make sure you know that this is where I'm going. I'm not going to overstep it, A, because I have some hard and fast boundaries, and they will never be moved. And once I made those, things got a little more clear and easy for me. Two, never fucking film anything you don't want to come back and haunt you once it gets on the internet it will be everywhere it can be shared it can be brought up if you're ever famous it will be brought up so if that it can be sent to your parents your sisters your in-laws just know that don't think it's not going to happen okay just watch politics it happens it will dredge things up from 20 years ago if you get famous so know that, look at the bigger picture, because the difference between love and film is film never goes away. So make sure, I always say that, that applies to customs and pictures and anything you do. 
even Snapchat, and people can take screenshots. Just make sure whatever you do, you're comfortable with on a long-term basis because you're married to it. And married in a real way, not in an American way. <laughs> not in a, this might not work out, and we'll get divorced way. Um, third, don't undersell yourself. Get, get paid. If you're doing custom work, custom work demands payment. It's not some indie bullshit for $25 or whatever. Get paid if you're doing custom stuff. It is custom. They cannot get it anywhere else. I don't care what they say. If they want you doing something for them, get paid. I always, I'm going to be honest here, I always ask for what I'm worth, and then I ask for a little bit more, hmm. and they pay it. They pay it. And, and I, I, people, I can't blame you for that because, you know, little Sally in, in, in nowhere Idaho you know, she's taking pictures of her feet and she's posting online, and some idiot is, is is paying her top dollar for those shots. So, you know, why wouldn't you get paid if you're going to be doing these custom shoots and things of that nature? There, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, get paid. Uh, fourth, leave your ego out of it. Just because somebody wants your stuff or thinks you're hot or whatever, who cares? It's a business. Get paid. Don't do the don't send stuff out for free. You're not you're not some some idiot like desperate for likes just forget that likes even exist they don't exist you're trying to get paid it doesn't matter if somebody likes your stuff or not really like how many you know oh i got 250 likes doesn't matter are you getting paid that's what matters likes don't matter they don't pay the bills i've had pictures that like get a thousand two thousand likes in the first two hours you know how much money i got off that nothing but it's a happy memorial picture, and I'm wearing a, a bathing suit, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. But when it comes to, like, something with customs or something where I'm trying to get paid, yeah, that, that's – get paid. It's all business. Yep. Wow. That's about it. That's my that's my advice. Uh, that's great advice. That's yeah. great advice because, again, there's – I don't think a lot of these – there's really no place to go where somebody can break it down that way. No, and I'll, I'll have two, two more quick ones. Customs people are very, very particular um, because they're dealing with fetishes and they like things done a certain way. You're probably going to be hounded to death by somebody who wants things specific. You're probably going to have to rein them in with a certain amount of emails. And the reason you're going to get paid, the second reason you're going to get paid extra is because all the time you're going to spend going back and forth with them. Some of them aren't. Most of them are. That's generally the rule. Um, so you're getting paid for your time also. Um, if you're not comfortable with booking customs yourself, you can always defer it out to a company who does, and you can go there, and they can handle it all for you, and you do the shoot, and they'll pay you. Because sometimes I just don't want to feel, I don't feel like dealing with people. I'll send it over to, like, Women's Mat Wrestling or Slammin' Ladies or something, somebody else. I'll be like... Hey, you know, um, they're doing a shoot soon. Why don't you, you know, set it up with them? So it really depends on the person or how they are. That's that's really just some excellent, excellent detailed advice there, and I appreciate you for for sharing that. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyone who listens to you interact, it's probably not what they expect when they look at you. <laughs> How do you reconcile that? How do you reconcile the fact that you're this uber-intelligent, intellectual,
individual person with so much creative ability and so much to say and you understand and what have you, yet everybody's looking at TNA and, and they're just like, wow, look at this hot chick. I mean, we, they think I'm a stupid porn star? <laughs> hey, I don't do porn. I'm just saying that's the assumption. It's like, oh, I thought you would be dumb and a porn star or something. Yeah. Um, I, you know, sometimes I can work in your advantage because people don't expect much. <laughs> um, other times, I actually think I might have more, let's say, more, uh, more quality fans or more loyal fans because I have interacted with them or met them, and we've actually connected on some level, whether it's, you know, been like our love of corgis or we've both gone to the same school or, you know, whatever, anything where we actually talk and it's something other than, you know, hey, you're beautiful, so that kind of thing, which is nice too, but, you know. Hopefully that's what your, what your, uh, your main squeeze is for. I think he probably tells you that plenty, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think after a while, no one's main squeeze tells them you're beautiful very often. It's just kind of, <laughs> it's, it just is, you know. I think my relationships are the same as everybody else's. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, that's a spoiler alert right there, folks. Okay. You yeah. Know, world class international model and well known star here. She's telling you, hey, just like your situation there. That's good. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, we go to the beach. Like his favorite thing is to watch girls wiggle out of their jean shorts when they get on the get on the sand. I, he'll tell me. He's, he's like, I like this stuff. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll give me my book. <laughs> I think the only advantage to, like, dating me is that I'm so versed. Like, I've taken so many psychology classes. I'm so versed in that and so familiar with how men think from being in the locker room that I'm just like, okay, whatever. Just tell me what it, what what's your thing. Okay, I'll be over here. Enjoy your thing, and then we'll go get dinner or whatever. Nice. I don't see any, like, men look. I don't see any point in getting all bent up over it. Like, that's just a fight. You know, choose your battles. Yeah, smart. Smart. It, and, and, you know, it, it's it's funny because you brought it back to your experience in, in various locker rooms, and, and legitimately, you've been all over the world. One of the one of the things that I love doing is, you know, and I think I do it at least once a month, where I'll, I'll pick up a match that you've had with somebody who, is on the scene today, and and, and you know still. Relevant. Oh yeah, April, April, legitimately. I was the first. Yeah, you. I was the first baby. Yeah. <laughs> I put more people on the map. I I like wanted a commission or something. Yeah. Was, yeah. Girls come up to me and guys too. They're like, you were my first. You were the one that I'm like. I know. I know. It's unbelievable. I know. <laughs> still are able to put out your custom matches and your photos and you still look great and it's like you're out there getting your neck broken out there and your knees busted <sighs> up and what have you. Oh. Green people. Yeah, yeah. It was I was it was really rough for a while. When I started, um <clears throat> there weren't that many girls working who were available and well trained. Um, there were a handful of us, and when I got on the scene, 
Most of those girls had already locked up these single women's mats available on each independent card. You know, like Mercedes Martinez was a constant um, in that position. And there was really nowhere for me to work, so promoters started putting me against the guys because of my size, which was fantastic for me. Because they're well-trained, I really enjoyed working with them. I had no problem with the whole be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen storylines. I had fun with that. Um, Every once in a while, I would uh, work with – I had a male tag team partner for the longest time, and we had the male tag team title belts for for ages. I was the only female that had that opportunity in that tri-state filled up in New York area. Wasn't wasn't that a case for you two? Yeah, I had um, I had a, uh, I had male tag team partner, female tag team partners, and did solos. Like I wanted to, and I did managing and all that stuff. Like I just wanted to work, so I didn't really, you know. So I started um, I eventually started doing the tag team thing with uh, well, originally Nikki Rocks. We did Killer Babes, but it didn't work out because of our travel schedule. And then Tally Madison, who's Velvet Sky. Um, we we did uh, it was called T and A for. It was a take on the diva search thing. We were kind of, you know, making fun of it. Um, <laughs> we were making fun of it, but we were real wrestlers. And um, that's why we called ourselves TNA. And then um, we basically were the precursors of the beautiful people. And then she and An- Angelina kind of took it to the, the really good high level that it should have been. Um, but, yeah, I was like – you you didn't have anyone to work with when I finally when the promoters weren't willing to hire good girls to have a good women's tag team match, so we got stuck working dudes' girlfriends that had started training six weeks ago, and as a result, we were getting beat up. And Talia or Velvet, she trained at Jason, with Jason Knight. I trained with Killer Kowalski. I had gotten used to training and working with, you know, good people. And now we're, like, working with girls who couldn't control their bodies. Like, the number one thing that's horrible about working with women, in addition to the fact that they don't do anything crisp, like, they don't do crisp punches. They don't do crisp um, bumps. But they also don't know how to control their body when they're selling. So... I would get hurt doing the stupidest thing. Like, I would do a move to a girl or do a form, and her hands would flail around and punch me in the nose, and I'd have a broken nose. Ooh, yeah. Like, just her hands flailing around. She had no idea where her body was and what it was doing. That's how out of control women are because they're not used to doing this, and they hadn't had enough training. And I, we were getting hurt over the dumbest things, and we had to keep going with the match, you know? So... This is the dumb stuff that we dealt with. And you dealt with it all over the world for years. And, and No, no. As soon as I got out of the United States, I didn't deal with it anymore. It was only here. You know, I, I left the United States to work with good people. Like, I never had this problem in Canada or England or Japan or Puerto Rico or Mexico. Like, never. Because they don't allow, they don't allow the girls in the ring until they've had a certain amount of training. Interesting. Yeah, I was getting hurt so much here. I was just like, you know what? Fuck this country. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to kill me here. I'd rather go to Japan, Japan and have chair shots over my head than, you know, take a slap from this girl. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. 
<laughs> wow. So, so how do you feel today? Let, 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 let's talk about that. I mean, do, do you know when it's going to rain down there? I feel horrible, oh. actually. Yeah. Um, not so much from wrestling, though. I got into a car accident a year and a half ago, and all the stuff I've been through with wrestling was nagging stuff, but this, this car accident, like, really messed me up because um, I got hit, like, on the left side, and it's affected my entire right side. And this has been, like, seriously depressing and alarming for me because I just finished my degree for writing. I am in debt to a tune of lots of money, and I can't feel my right arm or my right hand, like, the majority of the time. Wow. And, yeah, it's a big problem. Um so I have never had anything happen to me in wrestling where I can't feel something where I go numb. I've never been hurt like that. So I've never been hurt to the point where if I rest, it, it just doesn't get better. So this is, this is a whole different thing. And I don't know if wrestling was like a precursor, like, you know, like your perforation, you get a little perforated along the way and all it takes is something minor, like a car accident, like, not even that much of a constant, and you tear. I don't really know, or if this was just people underestimate a solid fender bender, but yeah, got me good. And I've been doing a lot of decompression therapy and everything you can do for my neck and hip, but I think I need, I think I'm at the end of the rope for my neck and I'm facing surgery, which is really scary. I, I can't imagine somebody who puts out as much content as you do on a consistent basis. You've been doing it for a long time. I don't know how you, you've been doing that for the past year and a half when you can't feel your right arm. Oh, you don't even know. Wow. I work long hours. I have a sitting and a standing desk. I just go back and forth, back and forth. When I can't, I can't feel my hand now, so I switch, I switch phone ear to ear. Um, I get up. There's a lot that always needs to be done around here between the zoo and taking care of all the stuff, like fruit trees and everything, the chickens, all that stuff. So as soon as I start having issues, I'll just get up and move around and go do something. Hmm. But it takes me a really long time to get things done. Which I get, you know, thank goodness you've built your life in a manner where you're not on anybody else's time. I mean, you, you're making your yeah. own house. That's, that's Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very fortunate and very grateful for that. Wow. wow that's deep. Do, do you have any anything special or any, any extra messages you want to send out to everyone? Because I, I know everybody's going to be listening to this. And, and <laughs> you don't do a lot of um, interviews, which... No, I stopped doing them. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. So I, I, I know everyone <laughs> want to you know, listen to this and, and hear what April has to say. you have any special messages out there for them? Well, uh, to everybody listening, first off, thank you for listening. Uh, secondly, if you've been a long-time fan, I am incredibly grateful. The long-time fans are the best because I've been through so many career transitions and they keep hanging in there. And the new fans are pretty pretty awesome, too. Hopefully, they'll turn into long-time fans. So just thank you. You know, thank you. Come and, uh, come and hang out with me on my page. April Hunter. Repeat that again. Patreon.com, April Hunter. That's right. I also uh, 
have a variety of other pages and Etsy store and I write for medium.com and blogs and there's there's a little bit of everything rolled up into one. Jeez, you know, we didn't even talk about that and, and I bought some, some uh, candles from you and I got some soap and, and let me tell you something, they were fantastic. <laughs> so, Thank I you. Shared, I, I, some, some of my listeners have bought stuff from you as well, gave you reviews and all that. She actually has some fantastic candles for me. <laughs> April's sensations. You can remember because it it's the initials are F. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I make organic uh, soy candles and artisan soaps, and my thing is they are very strong scented, uniquely scented, and healthy, just like me. Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> like my fans, most of them. If I don't, they know it. <laughs> but thank you. And listen, congratulations. Yeah, and here I thought we were going to get into a debate here on, like, world stuff going on, so hey. We'll, we'll have to save that for next time. Oh, yeah. I'm pissed off at the world right now. I'm glad we didn't go there. Talk about a real-life superwoman. I mean, April Hunter is just awesome. Awesome, awesome. And, again, it, it's if you don't know who she is... She doesn't do a lot of interviews. You would never realize that here is this beautiful, physically beautiful person who is also this super nerd. <laughs> I mean, really, man, she, she's a nerd. You know, she loves to read and, and, and she's always business minded and, and very thoughtful about the things that she does. And clearly she knows what she's doing because she's been doing it for a long time. Still successful at it. Keeping the lights on. So shout out to April and, and you know, she has she has chickens. She has animals and stuff. So she she's like she's old McDonald. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I before I, I go here, um there's there's something going on. A guy by the name of Sonny Kiss, who is an independent pro wrestler. He recently signed to All Elite Wrestling. He was in that, that gimmick battle royal, and, and quite frankly, I felt he should have won. Because you know, I'm, I'm a fan of Sonny Kiss and, and what he does. And he, he's, he's a 
talented wrestler. He has a colorful gimmick. And his stuff looks great in the ring. So, it is what it is. Anyway, uh, Jim Cornette, during his podcast, he made some comments about AEW. He reviewed the whole Double or Nothing pay-per-view. And he talked about all the things he didn't like and that he liked. And he was very specific about gimmicks and outfits and things of that nature. And when he got to Sunny Kiss, you know, he used some words. He say he looked like a transvestite from the old Tropicana in, in Vegas. Called him a, a what did he call him? A cross dresser or something crazy. There was a backlash online. You know, Sonny posted about how he didn't like it. Other folks took the ball, ran with it, and said everything was homophobic and all that good stuff. And, you know, Cornette's doubled down. And now you have Joey Ryan, who's kind of taking the mantle. I don't know how it happened, but suddenly it, it went from being about what Cornette said about Sonny Kiss to being about Cornette and Joey Ryan's... Uh, who has the bigger shoe size, you know, just foolish, foolish, foolish. It's foolish that Joey Ryan is trying to make it about himself. If it's supposed to be about Sonny Kiss. And Jim Cornette definitely ran down everybody who was in that ring. So let's not get that mistaken. And he's run down Joey Ryan a lot. Just doesn't like him. Joey, you know, feeling is mutual. But I thought this was about Sonny. Now, I will say, hey, look, I'm ignorant, man. I'm not qualified to, to tell you what is and isn't appropriate to say to somebody of the LGBTQ community. I have some ideas. I, I don't even think I know half the terms or phrases of things that should not be said transvestite I didn't know that was a word that you shouldn't use to describe someone Sonny Kiss's outfit is colorful Is he a transvestite, which I believe what the definition is dressed up like a woman? I, I don't know if I'd go that far. He's dressed flamboyantly, sure. He's very colorful, but so is Macho Man Randy Savage. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? And if we're if we're upset with Sonny Kiss's uh his his move where he bounces your head off his butt, well, Rikishi would rub his butt in your face all the time. So you know, I don't know. I need somebody from from the LGBTQ community to come on the show. And, you know, Sonny Kiss, you are more than welcome. I'm a fan of yours. I appreciate what you bring to the table. If you want to come on and talk about this, you're more than welcome. But I need somebody to come on and talk about this and educate me and others listening. Because Cornette said some things and automatically he's, he's homophobic. And again, I, I didn't see where Sonny Kiss actually said that himself. I don't know if Sonny actually said that or came to that conclusion. But I'm not so ignorant that I believe that I know what is and isn't homophobic and all that other good stuff. I have some ideas. 
I have an opinion. That doesn't mean I know. So, this is one of those moments where I'm going to have to shut up and get educated. And and then we can move forward. And, and, and even then, we can understand this situation uh, with a little more intelligence here. Because I'm ignorant, man. I am concerned about the fact that Cornette was automatically labeled homophobic when, you know, he does have a record of being the opposite. So, you know, I have a record of being the opposite, personally. I'm going to speak for myself here. Could I have made the mistake of calling someone something that was inappropriate, that I didn't know it was inappropriate? Sure. Now, I'm not going around calling anybody a transvestite. I just don't know why I would have to use that descriptor. It's pro wrestling. I mean, people are running around their underwear. So I don't necessarily feel that somebody looks like a transvestite. Sonny Kiss is wearing makeup just like everybody on TV is. Sonny Kiss is wearing a colorful outfit just like every most wrestlers wear. I mean, Ric Flair comes out in a feathered robe. What do you <laughs> give me a break? I don't know too many people that do that, but Ric Flair did it. He's flamboyant. Gorgeous George, you had to spray him down perfume and take golden pins out of his hair. It's what I'm used to, man. I don't question it. Sonny had to say that he is is part of the LGBTQ community. We never said that. It's just like, okay, well, he's just a flamboyant wrestler who's damn good at his job. And that's the other thing. I'm calling him him and his and all this other stuff. Jesus, I could be saying the wrong thing. I don't think so. I think other people refer to Sonny as, as he. But who knows? That's what I'm talking about, man. I, I need to get educated. So I'm reaching out. And I think that's the best way to approach this. And I know a lot of you out there, you're going to put your foot in your mouth. You're going to make moves and, 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 and give an opinion when you don't even begin to have enough facts. Stop. Find people who actually know what they're talking about and let them guide you. You'll be a hell of a, a lot better off. Trust me. I don't have all the answers to anything. But what I do is I spend a tremendous amount of time doing my research. And I reach out to people and I collaborate with people and I do what I can to gain as much perspective as possible so that when my opinion is officially formed, I can back it up with something. I always assume that's what educated people do. And people who actually care about understanding a topic, that's what they do. So, I don't know. But, Sonny, you're welcome to come on. Jim Cornette, uh, <laughs> you're welcome to come on too, Jim, but I, I don't know. You and I would probably butt heads more than anything just because Jim Cornette, he is a little manic in how he communicates, which can be entertaining at times, but sometimes you got to tone that down and talk like a human being. I'm not saying he's an animal. Don't, don't get me wrong there. But I think that the, that Jim Cornette's communication skills leave a lot to be desired at times. I don't like it. 
that doesn't mean that I've never been entertained by Jim Cornette. And, and hey, listen, I'll listen to his show. I don't mind that. He just kind of rubs me the wrong way at times. And I think I rubbed him the wrong way. I think he blocked me, actually, Jim Cornette. Something to do with sometime he told a story in, in, in about Sputnik, Sputnik Monroe and, and there were some inaccuracies in the story. I did a little research and, and you know, I posted about the the stories, you know, they lacked certain aspects and, and here's the rest of it. And, and, and Cornette just blocked me flat out, just blocked me. See you later. So I don't, I mean, good luck. So what? There's probably not much you and I are going to be able to talk about anyway and, and agree with other than we don't like uh, the current administration. Big deal. I'll get over it. Everybody doesn't have to be your friend. Everybody doesn't have to be somebody that you need to be chummy chummy with. Okay. Jay-Z is my favorite music artist other than Miles Davis. God rest his soul. I don't care if I ever meet Jay-Z. Just keep giving them, giving me great music and keep supplying excellent interviews about why you do the things that you do. I don't need to meet you. I don't need to be friends with you. I don't even follow you online. <laughs> I don't need that. And I think, you know, in our society, I think we all need to take a step back and, and, and realize that we don't all have to be friends. That's okay. And I'll bring that back to the whole Jim Cornette thing. I, you know, he and I are probably never going to be friends, and that's okay. Sonny Kiss, if he doesn't want to be my friend, that's okay too. I don't, you know, I'm not hurting for those, and I'm sure neither are they. Just keep putting out entertaining content, and I'll keep talking about it. That's good enough for me. I don't know. All right, I got to get out of here. Listen, join us next week. I think I'm going to have my guy, Brad. I'm going to have my guy, Brad. You know, he was a director and, and, and lead producer for the Valhalla Club documentary. A real good dude, man. R. Bradley Morris. I'm, I'm going to have him come back on the show and, and give an update. Because, you know, the success for Royal Goblin Films and Valhalla Club continues to climb out there. And I always like to talk to, I like to talk to the talent, of course, which, you know, we've done a lot. Because, you know, I really appreciate those guys. But I also like to talk to the other people, the behind the scenes people. Because there's always a different type of perspective, which paints an even more complete picture. And that's always fun to see. So anyways, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.